Hello, this is Chris Jansen. I'm here with the End Evil podcast, and evil is the destruction of freedom. Um, this podcast is for people that care about truth and freedom and have the imagination to uh, envision a world that's not full of evil, that where we don't steal from one another and we care about our fellow human beings. So, um, on that path towards working on ourselves and becoming better human beings and trying in that way to make the world a better place, this um, podcast is reaching out to other folks who have the same mission. And so I reached out today to um, someone I met online, Sean McCann. And um, what's up, Sean? Greetings. Thank you for having me. My yeah, thanks for coming, here. man. He's sort of like a mini celebrity. You've been on some, uh, I heard you've been on some pretty uh, notable podcasts. So, um, well, I'm, they, you know, they're, they've all been my friend, you know, and that's, I was their friend first. And then the podcast happened because I, I, I wanted to meet these people and see what they're really all about, you know, and one of them is Mark Passio, another one is Freeman and Mark Devlin. Like I've, I've, I've spoken with these people and they're real people doing the thing, you know, just like they do on the, on their show. It's same in real life. And that's why I like, uh, you know, I've got a really good nose for fakers mm. and, uh, you know, Freeman is uh legit, you know, same thing with Mark Devlin and, and Mark, Mark Passio. Like they, what's cool is those three guys were basically the the podcasters that um, really spoke to me in the time when I kind of had my like realizations and awakening to awesome. a lot of the deeper issues that I talk about now. Um, Freeman was the first one because I was trying to study up on weather engineering chemtrails and I came across his podcast and then I got really interested and eventually I heard Mark Passio come on Freeman's podcast and yeah. that's where I got started on Mark Passio. And so, um, and then through Mark Passio's true media class is where you and I met. Right. And, um, that was part of my mission there too. Like I wanted to get to know Mark a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And, um, he was, he's a lot more, it, real it was really cool for me us. to confirm what I already thought and knew is that right. this guy's real. He really cares. You yeah. Know? He's a real it's guy. True. So that, that was cool, man. And, and that's really awesome that you had those opportunities and, you know, yeah. Getting out there and speaking. I mean, I made it happen. Like I went and um, like I rent it is a trap or it can be if you don't, if you're just there and you're just bleeding money to your rent and like you're full of a house full of stuff that you don't need. Um, It can be like a trap and I, you know, I was inspired by Freeman when he says, uh, quit your job, save the world. Um, you know, I realized like, and he, he said on his podcast once he said, you can get a bad job anywhere. I was like, Hmm, ding, you know? And so like, I got, um, I got a camper and it was, you know, it was like a converted, um, cargo van basically with the pop top and because i was mobile i wanted to meet other anarchists because like where i was is like north of boston and you know everybody's liberal douchebags up there that you know they're like uh that character in beavis and butthead the The you high school student whacking in my shit. <laughs> no, no, yeah, that that one's classic. I love her, uh, Hank Hill there. Um, but uh, who's uh, I know he was like he's like the the neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor. But uh, the guy plays the guitar, flying oh, lesbian oh. seagull. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah, the aging hippie liberal douche. I like, see. Yeah, yeah. There was like it was full of them. And all their kids were high on heroin and like they were all sniffing their own ego all day. You know, it was just, it was gross. I had to get out of there and like meet real people, you know, and it was great. Like I, you know, I just, I was on my way to Tennessee, which I used to live there. I've been there and I was like, well, 
on my way, I'll I'll just go to this Mark Passio event. Like I timed it so that I would be going through Philly at the same time. And uh, you know, I met Leah and um, you know, I listened to the to Jay Parker and like I met Jay and listened to Mark and and then afterwards everybody's hanging out and they're all like, You're going to free your mind, right? And I was like, uh I don't know. I'm moving to Nashville. Uh, I don't really think so. And they're like, you're going. I was like, okay. Like Jacqueline. And, and so I was like, all right, uh, maybe. And then like, they contacted me on Facebook and they're like, Hey, this kid's got a ticket. He's giving it away here. You want it? I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, get it. And I was like, okay. And I asked the kid, I was the only one that asked him and he's like, sure, here you go. And like, I got a free ticket to free your mind. And so like, yeah, it was amazing. So like I quit my job and I drove there and, uh, you know, when I walked in, like Bob Tuskin was like, you don't even have to tell me the story. It's cool. You're cool. Come on in. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I got to meet everybody and, um, it was really like a nice warm, like, welcoming thing and it's like synchronicity gave that on purpose you know and uh and when i was there um i i had this thing in the past where i recognized occult symbol symbolism in the newspapers and uh it was like january 1st of 2016 they had like a burning tower on all the major newspapers i'm like oh that's the tarot card you know and Oh, that's the 16th Trump. I'm like, oh, 16 Trump. And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And it, but it's the tower. That was a significant thing. It's like the tearing of the old world, you know, killing it. And that's Trump was going to be the, uh, you know, the one that does that or whatever. It was like, uh, they were signaling to the other occult members through the newspaper. And I, I was like, oh, I got to tell Freeman that, you know, and like I found him in the crowd. Everybody was talking to everybody. And, Freeman was like all day getting like, oh, dude, you're the best. Oh, you're the best, you know? (laughs) And uh, so anyway, I told him this and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We should talk sometime. I was like, okay. And he's like, I live in South Carolina. I was like, oh, I'm in Tennessee. And he's like, oh, you should hang out. And I was like, okay. So I went to Freeman's house and then he was like, you should go to the fucking rainbow gathering. I was like, okay, I'll go to the rainbow gathering. Cause I'm talking about anarchy. You know what I mean? I'm, He's like, these guys are anarchists. You know, you should really know about these guys. It's like, hmm. And so, like, you know, I went. I didn't know I was going to go, but it was in Vermont, and I was in Massachusetts. And I was like, I might as well go. Like, whatever. It's right there. And uh, as I was walking in, and, like, Freeman didn't know that he was going or whatever. He didn't say, like, anything. But as I'm walking up, somebody car and says hey is this where you park and i look over it's freeman <laughs> i'm like what the fuck dude he's like oh i knew you'd be here it was like all synchronicity again you know what i mean and it's just like and that was the first rainbow gathering that he told me that we met up and hung out and the next one like two years later or what you know a year whatever it was more synchronicity and more like and it's just like because i gave up the control and I just like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just like, I care and I'm doing good and I'm not like trying to harm anyone. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. I survived. And like, like when, when the doors open, something can come through. Right. You know, it's like right. uh, with a, yeah. with a mind that's totally full, it's hard to put anything in there. so when you're open and ready you know i've had pretty unique times and experiences in my life when i've been more in that place where synchronicity can happen and things can just work out and other times in my life where i'm very caught in like the grind the the workforce Mm -hmm. and the you know raising a family and all that has you know it took me longer you know to wake up because i got caught early up in you know all the all the parts of being a dad and the responsibilities. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, my dad was a Christian, you know, and even though he was a very open-minded one, um, he was still, you know, religious. And so I always had it in my head, you know, 
And um, it's, you know, there's, there's such a path we go through to come to these things that we call truth, you know, and uh, um, that, I guess, I guess that's my goal today was to try to talk a little bit about what keeps people from, you know, becoming more open to see the truth. Like how can we help them? One of the ways is to kind of like illuminate the path, right. To open that door that I was just talking about. And so I thought you could help me out a little bit. Like you said, you, you started noticing occult symbolism early on and then being doing all your research and, and um, talking with all these other great um, researchers, you've picked up a lot of knowledge on, I know you've looked into the Kubrick movies and. Oh yeah. um, Well, in fact, right before we started this podcast, we were chatting a little bit about school. So let's kind of go back (laughs) a little bit. Tell me about like um, where you came from, where you first started realizing this stuff was there a transition you went through or or was it something you just well, kind of always knew i guess like i came i started as uh i started as a catholic my my dad is irish and um you know he's uh alcoholic and you know you got to have religion for your family you know and like uh so they you know, I did the the whole thing. I wasn't an altar boy or nothing, um, but I went to catechism. And when I was like 12, I got kicked out of catechism for like asking questions, logical and like being skeptical of like all the dogmas of you Catholicism. You turned it into a cataclysm, huh? <laughs> yeah really yeah they they weren't having that shit and uh so i and at that point like my parents were already divorced and like so they didn't care if i had religion anymore because they're like whatever the family's gone like who cares and so uh at about 12 i was like f that this entire thing is like it's evil right and uh so I, I hated religion, you know, and that like grew and like I would study it and I would like, it, it was just, I, I was ended up satanic. I was a Satanist. Like I was following Levian Satanism and I was listening to deicide all the time. And I was like, really like anytime anybody any kind of religion, I would fight it down, you know, like a, like a verbal warrior or some shit, you know? And, um, and, uh, so it, it I don't know, polarized like, I, you, right? Like being part yeah. of that whole Catholic, um, growing up, it made yeah. you just want to be as far away from that as you yeah, can. Yeah. Like I snapped like a rubber band, you know? And I'm talking to Freeman. He says that a lot of, of Satanists that he knows are ex Catholics and mm-hmm. same thing with Mark, like he's Italian Catholic. Um, right. And it's, it's like, it primes you for like rebellion, you know, because it's so like dominating on your mind and consciousness. And I don't know, but then like I had some moments of like weird, like in my first communion, I like passed out with like yellow, everything was yellow. And I like went out and like, I woke up to the nun, like waking me up, smacking my face. Like that was weird. Like, I don't know if there was real power to that ritual, but you, you know, maybe what? I, it was felt, just a hot I felt some weird stuff from time to time. Um, I remember one time being, um, we went on this because I was part of this Christian group and it was like this ecumenical, um, collaboration or something. And we went into like three or four different types of churches. And one of them was the synagogue. And I remember when the guy was in this robes and stuff in the special room, it was like this um, inner room where they kept these scrolls. And when he opened this door, I got this like weird wave of feeling and like a rush. Really? Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. you know, and think about this too, like even um, a football game, you can feel what they call school spirit right? Mm. The spirit of what's going on. That's why there's cheerleaders to excite people, right? Like you do get feelings at times like that because there's a lot of people putting their intention into something and that that's powerful, you know, and that's a good 
primer actually for what that is, control is. You know, that is why big concerts like Tool is a ritual. Like Danny Carey, the drummer, knows that, and he puts that into his music. Like he uses that. He puts certain numbers, uh, energies, you know, evokes energies and numbers, and puts it into the the music. Like he's a. I mean, I I talk about it on other podcasts, um, but it, he's like John D. Following Aleister Crowley, following magician, you know, ritual magician, and like the placement of his drums and all of that has significance and he like consecrates it in a certain way. And then like when he's done with the, like he's, you know, and then afterwards, like he takes some of the drum heads and he like puts them into the crowd, like giving that energy back to the crowd, I guess, but it's like a, it's a harvesting and, but it's also like, it's an amplification of that energy when everybody's together, you know, and you can feel it, you know, it's like a, it's good. I don't know. Some of it, sometimes I've seen good tool concerts where they're singing like prying open my third eye. And then I've also seen other ones where they're like, fuck you, buddy. Fuck, you know, it's like a toss I've up. I've been to a tool concert in the pits and everything when I was much younger. Yeah. I was real big into tool when they, you know, were kind yeah, of yeah. getting popularized. Same here. Same here. And, yeah. You know, music is a good subject to discuss when it comes to mind control, you know, that was something that kind of came up when I was thinking about that subject too. But um, while we're on that subject, I just want to say that I do think that people's intention has, has power, has energy. You know, you say people say like, Oh, I felt the energy in the room or, you know, I could tell something's wrong with you. I could feel the difference. You know, there's a lot of like little subtle things we even use in our language that point to this fact. And it's something that, these occultists, these um, elite kind of uh, programmers of the world understand this concept really well. And the modern person wants to just brush it off as, as woo-woo is the word that people right. use now a lot. It's, they're it's programmed. like they're afraid of right. this secret magic that we all kind of know exists. We just sort of yeah. argue about how subtle it is and how real it is, you know? Yeah. So um, I think it's tricky Tricky is a word that's been coming to my head a lot recently <laughs> to um, kind of break that shell for folks. You know, my own right. daughter is um, 14 and I'm trying to talk to her the other day and I'm kind of pointing out how does a magician trick people, you know, and she was kind of making some guesses and I was just thinking like, well, you know, a lot of times it's distraction, right? They got mm-hmm. something going with this hand. And that's got your eyes and your attention over here. And this hand's doing something shifty, right? And and for a trick to work, you have to be tricked. You know, if we never had a realization or um, illumination, we, we, I mean, that, that, that's coming from one place to a totally different place. So, um, you know, let's, I think what I would be curious about is trying to break down some of these things that, that trick people and why people could yeah. be so freaking hypnotized that, that we can't even break through the shell, you know? So what, yeah. what do you think are some of the things that really um, the most powerful tools that are used that, that keep people so freaking hypnotized? I think that the biggest tool that they have is TV still is TV. And I think it started with the radio you know, um, when they electrified America and they get, and everybody went and bought a radio cause they couldn't buy records cause it was a depression, you know, they, they blasted out that grand old Opry and just like, it gave people culture. Like here it is, you know, Hicks in a barn or whatever the, you know, the barn dance, but it was like, there was some really great, musicians in the beginning there was like the carter family is like a a family wholesome playing together like america used to and then like they give us this box that gives us music that better we could ever play you know and uh and it's telling us like what we are to think and then we have the president giving us fireside chats and telling us how and what to think 
and like the RCA label says his master's voice with an obedient dog listening in, you know, it's like that was their first, the first real big mind control device. And we accepted it in our home. And then since then it just grew and expanded out to, to like black and white TV, you know, with like three stations or whatever. And then, you know, color TV. And now it's expanded even further to like internet TV and Netflix, you know, whatever. And of course, Hollywood's always been there, you know, but uh, TV is in your home and it's like on all the time. And it's like you trust it because it's like a guest in your home, you know, and these people are in front of you every day. And it's like, uh, you know, Joe Scarborough or whoever the hell, you know, is like giving you your your um, programming of the day programming. Like it's even in the words. It's like they tell you what it is. It's a programming device and they, you know, people willingly accept it. And, um, you know, you know, it's funny you brought up the, um, the music when they first came out with the radio, cause I was doing some work the other weekend for this woman and she's, um, she should be retired, but she's still working. She's a tough lady, older lady. Right. And she Mm -hmm. was describing back in the day when she met her husband and she was into like couples dancing, you know, and they were doing the different dances and she, and she was sort of saying it sort of sad, like with a little bit of sorrow that, Oh, you know, things changed when the music changed, that kind Hmm. of dancing kind of died out. Right. And she mentioned the Beatles all of a sudden. Yeah. The Beatles too. And it sort of got me thinking, Holy shit. Like she's just, you know, anecdotally, like she's just mentioning how everything kind of changed about then. And I'm thinking, well, that was part of the programming that was purposeful because I know bands like the Beatles were, um, you know, government deep state, maybe not government specifically, but some kind of deep state planned. Right. They work for the the dark occult, just like Grateful Dead. And, you know, yes, purposefully, but they already they gave you they give you the country music first. And then that's like the conservative and then they give you the long-haired hippies and that's like the liberal, you know, like they give you both and they're both like one of them is from music row Nashville and the other one is from Laurel Canyon, LA. It's like the same thing. Like the dialectic, you know? right? Yes. They create the dialectic. So then it divides the people and they can push the, they can turn the knobs of anger and like resentment and like the people that the the hippie the the hippie people they they ruined the public's view of the anti-war movement and then in re, in like response to that the hard hat wearing country listeners were like oh well well we're pro-war then cuz those guys suck you know and then it, it like engendered more um, support for the war because everybody hates dirty hippies. You know, look at them fornicating in the mud. Like, they're gross. And and part and, of that was done with the music, right? Like, making... Because hippies... I, I mean, I used to argue sometimes with people about this because they have a bad name in modern... Especially in construction, people I talk mm-hmm. to, they, like, use hippie as a swear word. I'm like, yeah. wait a second. You know, some like my mom <laughs> and my... You know, um, some of my other friends, moms and dads were like, they were they freedom fighters in their time. They were out like trying to get people out of the war and right. trying to speak out against the war. So the original idea of the hippies was actually a movement of people, you know, caring like we're trying to do. Right. Right. And even even going out in the street or going in front of um, places where they had bombs and saying, you know, we don't want these bombs and that kind of thing. But the how did they turn it with bands like The Doors? Right. Right. To make them into these like drug taking and and was the doors just a natural organic band that grew out of it? Isn't there some pretty deep story behind Jim Morrison? Read some Dave McGowan. Dave McGowan researched that and uh he like weird scenes inside the canyon. Um yeah, Jim Morrison's dad was Admiral Morrison, who was like in charge of the Gulf of Tonkin. 
The band uh, right? yeah. The yeah. So like he he was like integral part of the Vietnam War, you know. And when Jim would get drunk, he would yell at the fans. He would yell, "You're all a bunch of slaves." Oh. When are you going to stop letting them push you around? And they're all like, duh, you know, <laughs> it's great. Like, but I mean, I don't know, like it's obviously he was working for them, you know? And like, I think that, I don't think he died. I think he graduated out. I think he's like making poetry somewhere. Well, he probably died by now, but I mean, like the way that they tell us he died in the bathtub, like, I don't know about that. Like, I think he escaped the fame and shit. I think he did his duty. I've wondered that about a lot go. of famous deaths, you know, I mean. Yeah, David Bowie. And I mean, maybe one. we don't know. Those things are kind of conjecture. And I think it's important. Sure, to, like, I can never to prove kind of make it. the point is we're, you know, some things we talk about are truth and some things we talk mm-hmm. about are, right. you know, we're kind uh, of guessing. But obviously I mean, I'm guessing. <laughs> I think it's fairly much, uh, I don't think there's any argument that, um, for instance, like Jim Morrison's dad was an admiral. Well, that's in the military, proven. Right? There's pictures yeah. of him with his dad, like on a battleship. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, some of these facts in history that, that really mm. point out, like there's some pretty spooky stuff about the Beatles and it's right. Um, I forget. Does Mark De- Devlin cover some of that? Too? He He's does a, a lot too. of Beatles stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mark Devlin goes hard on the Beatles and he, you know, he does the, um, fall research the faux 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 paul like the right paul is dead like paul died thing yeah yeah like that's big part of his um musical truth book uh he's doing his third book now he's already done two um and some and he's got he's had other researchers that have gone way deeper into beatles that he's had on his show and they just they riff on it it's it's great to listen to they're really smart. So yeah, if a person wanted to look into it, you know, look into some of these bands, yeah. right? Look into the Doors, look into the Beatles, and right. and, and the, look and at the Grateful Dead. Some of the stories, of the Grateful Dead, right? Yeah, a perfect place like to their test mind things on people that are lost, right? Right, like the Wall of Sound is like an audio experiment by the by this dude Owlsley who who created the sunshine lsd and then when they when they made it illegal he was like okay well i'm gonna do the audio now he like gave it to the black market people to do the lsd and this this wall of sound is like speakers like a hundred foot wall of speakers you know what i mean and it wouldn't the way that the that the waves of sound they would overlap and it would it would mess it up like like logically it's not for the music you know what i mean it's a sound experiment on the crowd you know they're running it's like a it's the same as like burning man is a is like a government operation to test people like like rats in a maze you know what i mean it's like on government property and it's like they're all high on government psychedelics you know what i mean um it's uh like it's a it's an experiment and they're they're testing the limits of where they can bring people's minds you know it's more mk ultra it's like an extension and ken kesey was working for them and grateful dead was ken kesey's house band you know and like they're all members of you know freemasons and you know uh tavistock institute is is their band manager like i mean their their tour manager you know like uh they're heavily into it and like their name there was given their name they couldn't even choose their own name they were like the the corporate guys are like you're the grateful dead and they're like okay <laughs> cuz you know and like uh the dead heads you know it's like right, right. it's the a cult mockery the occult mockery right the dead exactly that's what like they're they would happy. call right they're grateful to be unaware mm-hmm. and dead heads you know yep and it's it's just 
you know, they got their, the main singer guy's name is Pigpen, like the Peanuts character, you know, and he was like head of the Hells Angels, or he wasn't head of that. No, he was a member of the Hells Angels, friends with these dudes. And like, it would bring that crowd to the shows and they would have the Hells Angels be like security guards and shit. Like, it's, it's a weird, and the Hells Angels are all like, you know, black market pushing drugs and violence, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and the, they're friends with Allen Ginsberg, <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's like a intense pedophile. Who's like blatant member of NAMBLA, you know, and he like shows up on video, like film footage of grateful dead and in between songs like he just shows up on stage with this little kid he says hey anybody knows kid this is and then like walks away with it <laughs> like what the it's it is it, uh it's gross and um well that's where i think most people i speak to on a day-to-day basis like they stop short you know they really don't haven't seen all and heard of all the connections that right. like you're describing or, or that things I've come across in, mm-hmm. you know, years of looking into this kind of stuff where you keep seeing there's all these connections. I think the average <laughs> person I've talked to, even people that might like, I might be able to crack through them a little bit with like talking about nine 11 and they might understand that things that right. happened on nine 11 aren't, aren't legit and there's something weird about it. You know, they've probably heard some of that, but then, I mean, it's you know, they don't want to believe that there's this connection through all of Hollywood and all the music there. They say sure. there's no way things could be that connected. It gets down to like our words are built by them. Like it just our, our vocabulary is created by our owners. You know what I mean? It's like, how we think, what we think, everything, you know, it's, we're anyway. It's a a deep, dark web. And, and yeah. And part of it's the symbology, you know, that that they're able to mind control us is, is really what it comes down to. Yes. So one of the ways was through, we're talking about music. We're talking about movies and other ones like the news. And that's kind of more in the category I would put of like propaganda, you know? Right. And um, here's a funny one. I'm driving last weekend. It's funny, not funny. This is like right out of They Live, the movie They Live. Oh, no. I'm driving down um, Highway 12, which is a country road going into like wine country, Napa Valley of California. So this is um, the area I used to live. And part of why I moved away, because it was kind of like you're describing. It was so lefty when when this um, (laughs) um, whole COVID thing hit. Like, Oh, man. It, it turned into a place where I just didn't even feel comfortable being. I was scared. You know, I'm, I'm completely surrounded with right. people that love wearing masks and love licking boots. And so <laughs> this area is particularly, I guess, what you would call lefty, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm driving in, this is like a country highway. It's a two-lane highway. There's nothing on either side. It's like, you know, miles of dirt, you know, there's wineries out there, you know, if you take some weird road, but for the most part, there's no sidewalk, no nothing. It's just a two lane road. And, and there's along the side of the road, like a construction um, sign, you know, those ones that they they have on a little trailer with a bunch of little circle lights that, that can be programmed to say different things. Sure. The little yellow lights. Right. And it's blinking and it Mm -hmm. says maintain six feet distance face covering required. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just going back and forth maintain six feet Cheers. distance face covering required and the only yeah. people that can see this sign are people that are in their car driving on this right. country road there's no yeah. buildings around there's no sidewalks there's no businesses yeah. it's just out there in the middle of nowhere and i'm thinking to myself okay you have to pay to rent those trailers somebody pays right. for that. your tax dollars pay for that shit. who's paying for this random <laughs> yeah. propaganda tool you know it's like they live yeah. it's like obey six right. feet distance face covering <laughs> i mean my fucking car you know there's Dude. nobody around here who's not in their car it's yeah man it's i mean it's sad away? but they gotta like that's part of it with cult programming you got to hammer it in repetition. It's, you know, that's how cults do it. And that's how religion works. You know, repetition. like they used to, they used to scare you with hellfire every 
five minutes, you know, like, oh, be afraid of that, you know, and follow what we tell you to do or else, you know, same thing. Be afraid, be afraid or, you know, and do what we want. That's how you live. You know, like, uh, it's the same old story, you know, and it's like I said, it's, it, they got to rip repeat it because if you forget, then you're normal again. You know, that's why you got to wear the mask because it reminds you it's like in your face all day long. It's, you know, it's not, it's not subtle really. It's like in your face everywhere you go. And one thing I've noticed about, um, COVID is it's the most, um, it must be the most advertised and propagandized illness that has ever been in existence, right? It is. Yeah. Every news station, every channel, every, you know, every thing you open anywhere. Right. It's just like have. terrorism, what it was before when it was like orange alert, yellow alert, red alert, terrorism, terrorism, you know, and they were selling after 9-11. They were selling for office people in high-rise buildings parachutes that they could have at their desk just in case. I mean, people were so scared. I mean, and they're doing the same thing. It's 9-11 extended. This is more 9-11, more of, the, more of it just turned up to the next level. You know, it's unbelievable. So and that like, must be like along. an important part of the mind control thing, right? Like fear. Yes. Yes. What does it's, that do to the brain? It, you know, well, it, I mean, it, it hardwires it. Like if you get the same synapse firing of like fear, 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 like what fires together, wires together, you know, with like brain, um, like that's, that's how your brain builds itself. So if you repeatedly do something, then it's going to become a habit, you know, and it's your brain is going to like go for that naturally because that's, it's normal. It's built for that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we, like an easy pathway has already been built. Yes. Right. And, and so then, like, like if you we wanted will to be more prone to that in the future and your brain will live on that energy. It'll be like, yes, more, you know, it's, Go ahead. Sorry. I was thinking of like the, um, you know, the fight or flight, the brain, the lower brain, right? The like, um, yes. When you're scared, you're you're thinking like like an animal would, you know? Mm-hmm. Do I run or exactly. do I fight? Whereas exactly. when you're calm and you're meditating, you're able to start reaching these other layers of of right. being, you know, and and think about creative thoughts and imaginative right. thoughts. Like contemplation is not possible. Like you need the both temples to work together. You know, you need right brain and left brain. And those are in the frontal frontal lobe. You know, you know, you can't your your reptile brain. It's just uh unless you want to be a reptile. You know what I mean? I think that you you people need to like <laughs> they need to like take that moment in between their reaction from their stimulus and their reaction, they need to like take a second and breathe and think about it first because everybody is just like, they're all triggered. That's all they do is just trigger out. You know, they don't think about what they're doing or why they're just robots, you know, Um, they've become slaves. How about the symbolism, you know, like how, how does the symbolism work? I mean, I think most people just think it's just like, um, oh, that stuff doesn't affect me. You know, that's just, mm. that's just some symbol, you know, it's just a picture. But well, why, why does it affect archetypal. people? I think it will, in my opinion of how I've come to understand it is it's archetypal and it's like, it's like a primordial language that we recognize like our subconscious, like right brain intelligence can understand it without our conscious brain knowing it's already there. It's like a, it's like a epigenetic kind of imprint that we've gathered 
through the years of being human. Like, I mean, images like, you know, ideas like the sun and shit. It's like being alive in the world gives us archetypal structure in our mind, you know, uh, a language of understanding reality. And, um, you know, like how they put the sun on food and stuff. It's like on the labels, like it's, they put farms on like something that you buy at Walmart in the, in the dairy area, you know, or some like in one of the, um, you know, like it, it's just, you know, it's a lie, but it's makes you feel wholesome. You know what I mean? It's, uh, they, you know, that like, Oh, a nice clean farms. Oh, that's where the, these cows must ate grass. You know, it's just like, it goes in your subconscious mind, like thinks it, you know what I mean? And, um, the, you know, the dark occult use their symbology and their programming to like wield your subconscious triggers. And it like, uh, it's more efficient to use them. Like they're useful. Why not use them? You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh just i because your your right brain and your subconscious is always absorbing and and like processing and if you like your conscious mind won't even be aware of the input from your subconscious and if they can get your subconscious directly then that's a sweet spot for them they want that because <laughs> that's like 95% of like your, you know, your output is subconscious. Uh, and, and, you know, I think here's the one trippy thing I've, it's occurred to me and I've thought about is you can really only look at one thing pretty much at a time. Mm-hmm. Like we think we're seeing this whole world of stuff, but I've tried experimenting with this, you know, like just try to look yeah. at a couple things at once. Yeah, you really can't. I mean, you can out of focus, sort of have right. a peripheral, but your you really can only, only look at one yeah. thing at a time. Right. And, and the way so, your eye is built, it's like that. Like um, you, you only have like a very small portion of acute focus, and the rest is is all blurred. Like you, the way your that your eye kind of is filling shaped. it in, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, it, it it does fill in some things, you know. But um, your eye is taking in that information. It just can't get the fine detail, you know. And if you're like, if you're on entheogens, and you know, your brain might be filling in some stuff. But I mean, like, it's just I'm talking about like the acute fine detail of like being able to read fine print and stuff. You got to have it like directly in the center of your vision. You can't read fine print over here. You know what I mean? Like your eye has to look at it. It's like how it's built. And like, I'm sorry if that made a noise. No, Um, I didn't didn't get it. Okay. All right. Okay, good. My phone made a, but uh, anyway, um, the, the way, like I'm, I'm a photographer. So I like learned about the, the brain and the eye and light and like how all of that interacts. So like that, I can actually bring information that's real, that's true to that. You know, your your brain can only or your eye can only focus on a very small portion and it has to jump around like really fast all the time. Your your eyes are always like, man, like getting a, a an idea of the whole picture by jumping to little pieces like and your subconscious is controlling that. And like the light point, the part that has more light draws your eye first and if there's words in the scene that draws your eye because we've trained ourselves to like gather as much information as we can from our environment and words are very tools you know what i mean so like our brain automatically reads words so that's why they give us advertising everywhere like in your vision like you can't you can't escape it you know and your brain has to read these words like it's like you can't ignore the stuff you know um that's that's another way like they understand the psychology of your brain and how it works with your eye and how like they 
they study that and they get paid lots of money, you know, to, to like tell advertising companies what to do to influence you subconsciously. You know what I mean? Right. There's big money in that too. I mean, so there's always an easy way to justify it. Whole think tanks of college grads, right? Working on these kind of ideas and studying which colors work the best, which block letters should we use? Yeah, or something. People's minds. So we know advertising works. Otherwise, no one would use it. But when when advertising is subtle and put, you know, you were talking before about ritual, and when you were, you know, looking into Satanism, and when we were talking about religion, both Mm -hmm. carry these rituals that people do, right? So one thing that's occurred to me, like TV is constantly now blaring like ritual murder, ritual stealing, ritual lying. Really? Well, I mean, every show you wow. watch, that's what gets your attention, right? Yeah. I guess you know, like it's either that, someone getting I mean, killed, someone lying uh-huh. and telling, you know, a bunch of lies. That's a funny show. And mm-hmm. and you're watching them every night. So it's a ritual. Oh, so in a I lot see of ways, the subconscious mind is always being part of this ritual. Yes ritual evil and and accepting it as something good but you're you're taking part of it you know i mean think about we we think it's bad like in the ancient roman days when people would go see the gladiators fight oh how disgusting how cruel but you don't think twice to watch something like that on your television because in your mind it's not real but does the subconscious mind really know the difference you know I, i really wonder just how much it is i mean if no. not, it's training wheels. It's teaching people to be okay exactly. with these things and to be used exactly. to them and accept and, them as fun. And the video games too. Like uh, there's recruiting offices of military that have first person shooter games, like arcade games, and they're all free. And the kids can come in after school and shoot, 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 you know, random Arabs or whatever in these video games. All day. And then when they get to be 18, the recruiters are allowed to sneak up to them over their shoulders and say, Hey, do you want to try doing that for real with a real gun? Like, after all of that programming, all the years of high school, you know, playing these games, and they go to this place like it's home. Oh, I love it. All my friends go there, you know. And, and then what's next? Come do some death, guys. Come on, join the death cult. It's fun, mm-hmm. remember? Yeah. It's like you're all ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's training wheels. Like you were saying, you, you know, you were talking about school and you were saying how your school had a police officer. Um, yes. I, I grew up in East San Jose and my high school had two police officers, at least on duty all the time at the school. Man. And I noticed from the time I started, I'm, we used to cut class a lot by the time I was a junior and senior, I was leaving all the time. But I noticed in the years after I left, the school got more and more fenced in. The, hmm. the um, fences got bigger all around. They added these like gates, these grates, you know, <laughs> at all the entrances that didn't used to be there when I was there. And progressively, when Weird. I would drive by that school over the next few years, it was like Turned a jail. A prison. Yeah. And, and I was <laughs> yeah, thinking to prison. myself, you could just build the jail right next door. There's already a large percentage of those kids I went to school with that would go pretty much right out of school, right into yeah. jail. Yeah. And it's like and training they're built camp. by the same companies. You know, the guys that build the schools are making the same companies that are making the, the jails and their private prisons now. It's like, uh, it's like, well, whatever. Transition, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, of course, you know, they don't, they, they're, they're training them to either, be a worker or we don't want you and we can make money off you this way because like each prisoner gets like 70 grand of a year to keep them in prison just to feed them. And like, if we could have 70 grand a year, just free money like that, we wouldn't choose to live in that cage or eat that shitty food. You know, like these prisons are making money. On off of the prison, the, the each prisoner, right. like, uh, and and they get free work out of them. They're out there like cleaning highways and cleaning up like uh, you know dirty needles and like kids parks and stuff. And you know they get paid 
they sometimes they get paid other times they get like good time after like a month of cleaning up needles you get like half a week or something not even like two days or something off of your sentence you know so like just working off your sentence you know it's slavery you know it's it's a and they're allowing it because oh you smoked a plant and we don't like that so go be a slave you know well i don't like that either well we are gonna harm you and we're gonna you know force you to do it like there's i mean you know if you tried to run obviously they would hurt you hard (laughs) you know like it's not something that you can like say no to like they you know because i was caught with a plant and i was you know whatever like i've been cleaning up on the side of the highway for the state you know i've been the slave before you know and i understand what it is and i've seen the mentality of people in jail some of them like they're happy to be there like i know one guy who was there his bail was like 50 bucks but he was staying in because it's a warm place to live in the winter it's like massachusetts so he would like go do a crime that's like petty crime and you know it's crazy like using the state as like a shack a place to whatever and then like other people were like huge dudes jacked motherfuckers and they're like saturday morning watching full house you know the olsen twins eating their cereal like yeah and they're like you know they're totally destroyed babies you know what i mean and uh they can't do society you know the jail is like a safe place for them (laughs) it's it's really it's weird And, uh, and now we have this whole new system of creating a jail in everybody's home where everybody's afraid to go outside. You're all prisoners. Right. Yeah, everybody's you're all in infected with the disease, right. right? Yeah, they're all infected with the mind control. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we're getting close to an hour. We've been talking for pretty good. Let's let's um close up by um maybe talking about like our ideas for kind of solution to all these problems we're describing the mind control. <laughs> what, what do we do about it? You got you got any ideas, Sean? Well, I think is to be vigilant with like understanding truth and like filtering everything that goes in with a conscious understanding of why and what is actually being said, what are they doing, you know, be a real, like, uh, have a real critical nose and give everything a sniff test. You know what I mean? Cause like where, who, what, when, and where, you know, what is all this information? Understand it fully. Don't just accept it. You know, don't just gobble it up because that sounds normal. That sounds about right. Yeah. Based on my understanding of the world, because really, like, we don't know nothing. Like, we're, in, and then it takes like years of understanding, like, unlearning shit that we're programmed to like really rely on what we have learned you know, which that we have like given the sniff test properly to many different things and like, okay, that is solid information. I can stand on that. Okay. That's solid. And the rest of it, get rid of it. You know, you don't have time for fake. You don't have time for lies. You don't have time for that. You need to, you need to like filter your mind information, like what goes into your mind uh, you know, as much as possible, like you do your water or your food, you don't want to be eating poison. Your brain doesn't need it and it's only harmful. So clean up your, the information that you're receiving, you know, uh, use your brain because we have one might as well use it, you know, because like just accepting information, even if it sounds right is not, you aren't sure you don't know it's true and you know you you gotta be honest that you don't you know you um i think that that is like a good first step and and to like be unashamed when when dealing with people that are under the spell is you know tell them the truth every time 
don't I know it's work and it sucks, but sometimes it helps. Like there's a there's a dude that I know that I've known for years and years since high school. And we used to ride motorcycles together and we'd hang out and this kid would never look into anything. And I'd be talking about anarchy and I'd be like learning stuff and on my my learning path and I'd be like sharing with him all this crazy stuff that I'm learning. And he'd just be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it just like, meh, it just didn't work. It didn't hit it, but I was just expressing myself, whatever. It, it didn't matter to me. I was just whatever. And now years later, now he's an anarchist and he's like learning like me. And he's like looking into Larkin Rose and he's like looking into like, he, he hasn't looked into Paseo yet, but I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, He's looking into the things that I was looking into and he's like, yes, that makes sense. His own mind. Like I was like telling him the truth and he couldn't be bothered. And now like even before this coronavirus thing, like it it blossomed into a real, like his own mind has fully grokked the idea, you know, fully grasped it and like can understand it for himself. And then when new new situations and and questions come as then he has a firm understanding of like personal freedom and like can apply that to the next thing that I might not even know to to give him advice on or something you know so like if you care about people you got to speak it out and you got to tell the truth because somebody might hear you <laughs> and it's worth it so yeah, I think that's one of the really powerful things about having these um, interviews, these conversations like the one we're having now where you and I kind of hashing out some of this stuff. Whoever's listening to it, it's going to kind of turn in their head and maybe some little comment or idea that we presented will be something that they can now present to someone else. Yeah. In a different way than they might have otherwise had they not heard this conversation. Right. And I think, like you're saying, it's important for us all just to kind of keep the subject going, keep talking, keep asking what's truth, what's not, you know. And for me, a big one, too, is um, elimination. There's some shit that's just not even worth putting in your head. And yes. one of those is the news. Like, yeah. people ask me, where do you get your news? I don't. I don't watch the news. I don't watch it at all. And okay. I don't watch sitcom shows. And I don't watch you know, much, any TV at all, really, because, Good for you. um, I know myself, it does affect me, you know, even though I know what's up in a lot of ways where I don't think a lot of folks do it, If I watch a, a movie with a bunch of violence in it, the next day I can notice some of it running through my head. And so oh, you remember those scenes Oh man, flashing by and they don't I go away. Your brain, your brain doesn't just filter yes. it right out. It's still in yes. there. And I so, will. Yeah, go easy go on your brain. Don't force it to right. watch this crap. You don't need yeah. it, you know? You don't need to watch Human Centipede. <laughs> I'm glad that I've never seen that. I will not, I will not put it in my brain. Yeah, I don't I know I what don't it is. Yeah, it's a horror movie. It's bad. Like oh, South okay. Park did a, a I was imagining something worse. But it, it's bad. Like it's but I mean, you know, there were some movies I can relate to that, like that. There's a movie called Bad Batch where like the first scene is like first person point of view. There's like some raggedy woman like cutting off your arm, you know, and you're like looking up and you you can hear the grind on your bones and they're just like she's just hacking away and you're like chained down and it's just like Jesus, you know, and they were playing this song Ace of Bass. Oh, that they like turn it up because she's because the person's screaming as they're getting their arm cut off and they just, Oh, that she wants is another baby. And they're like, and they're like cooking it and eating it in front of the victim as they, after they cut her arm and her leg and they're like eating it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. And that's like in my brain. And I couldn't hear that. I, I was hearing that song for like weeks. Like the director of that movie is really effective. They did a great job. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause yeah. it really laid in there thick, you know, yep. And um, and that's yeah. their goal, you know, but exactly. we have to recognize that Effective our brain artwork. is a sponge 
Yes. It soaks stuff in. We are very impressionable. Even when we are conscious beings, there's so much distraction that, yeah. um, you know, it takes a conscious effort to sort of focus, focus on things that are worth watching. You know, I would recommend right. go to the um, One Great Work Network where you can find Sean, more of Sean's work, right? Yes. Thank you and, for that. You know, yeah. That's there's a great other, place to hang out. There, Watch those shows, there, you know. Right. There's others there that are um, infinitely more valuable than me. I mean, it's like it's a hub of um, it's a hub of knowledge and you know care. People that really care and want to share what what matters. You know, um, I think everybody should check it out. And. Uh, and this will, you know, this will be on there. Like, uh, I'll, I'm surely going to post this. And uh, are, are you on there? Are yeah, you, yeah. you're, you're on there as well. So like, we're like, we are, we're like, I'm still learning who's on there. Like, I'm, you know, going back there and and checking everything out. And um, yeah, it's it's like an so infinite much to learn. Source. You know, there's so much people's work to look at, and and you know, right. that's a good way to spend some time if you feel like sitting down and watching some shows learn about what other people have spent their lifetime studying and yeah. learning and yeah. putting their energy and care in to help humanity to make trying to make things better you know that's right. worthwhile right and i like all the different styles everybody's got like um their own way of coming at it you know what i mean like their expression of truth you know what i mean and um i just value i value it i think it's great and i'm like I'm very honored to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. So, um, is there anywhere else where you would, uh, point people to check out more of your um, stuff or, uh, well, I've got, uh, I don't have a, a, a straight website per se. I do have a, an online store where I sell, um, anarchy minded, um, freedom based clothing i guess uh you know it's certain um designs that i've created over the years and i would like make shirts and bring them with me in the van and i would sell shirts where i'm going to like fund my adventures you know and i've taken those designs and i put them on a like a online store where i can sell them all the time and people can have access to them all the time and that is awesome. um, store frontier forward slash octoritas illusio. It's Latin for authority's illusion. I know it's weird. It's A-U-C-T-O-R-I-T-A-S. I-L-L-U-S-I-O. Illusio. Yeah. Maybe you could send anyway. me that send me that link and I'll um I will send you the link. Yeah, I should have thought I should have been like getting something easier to do. (laughs) That one's a little hard. Yeah, I mean nobody's speaking Latin. It's like a yeah, it does to me because I've been saying it so much. But uh, (laughs) um, "Octoritas Illusio" is Latin for "Authority's Illusion," and that was like that's on my main my main symbol has that, and it's um, I was getting a lot of Mark Passio and a lot of Larkin Rose in my brain and then like it that design like just came to me and um it's been like my main tip of the spear like this whole time i always like i'm wearing it now like i love it yeah yeah so check out your store that's cool please do man that'd be great and i also i have a uh podcast titled uh wake the dead and um i'm just starting it out my production value is pretty basic but i'm you know i'm i am not a rich man <laughs> so but it is working and it, it gets my message out and like with the skills that i've learned from mark and once i get some better tools i will expand on you know the artwork of it and make it more um aesthetically pleasing but as far as now it's bare bones just you know, speaking into a microphone, telling what I need to say. And, uh, I've kind of started my, I've started it out talking about art and it's, it's ability to affect subconscious. 
So it kind of relates to what we've been talking about tonight. And, um, and then I segue that into Kubrick because I've done a lot of research, I guess, um, just like soaking it in, like Kubrick is, um, a master photographer and being a photographer my whole life is like, that's, you know, that's why I want to, I want to look at his work all the time, you know, and I want to learn more about it because he's such a master and like, um, it's, it's natural for me to learn more about that. So that has been a focus, like his films have been a focus for a lot of years, I guess, of my life. And even when I was in high school, I was in a band <laughs> with, uh, Rob Falzano and he's like the drummer of Tenebrae now he's a professional musician. And, um, but anyway, he was the drummer of the band. He, and uh, it was Room 237 was the name of our band. And we would like have clips of The Shining in between songs. Mm. You know, it was just, uh, I don't know. It's always been like a thing in my life. And it, you know, it's just one of the puzzle pieces that has come together to. Um, and, you know, I don't know, it's just unfolded. And so I accept it and I keep going with it. And, and I, you know, I, so anyway, I'm I'm into the series of Kubrick now, and um, I'm going to expand out pretty much. It's just, it's my interface with the world. Like, it's where I'm going to unload all my thoughts. So Wake the Dead podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Anchor. It's on iTunes radio. I don't know. It's on a bunch of them. I don't even know what the, where it's at, but it's on Spotify for sure. It's out and, there. Um, yeah, it's there. It's there. Look it up. Wake the dead. Nobody else has that name. So I, for some, nice. somehow it just magically that, that worked out. So that's awesome. Right on. That's great. Cool, man. Well, this has been a great talk and um, I'm really curious to get more into the um, checking out your Kubrick work. Maybe that's something we could talk about more in the future. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. 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 Man, that'd be great. Yeah. But um, let's, um, let, I guess we'll close up this one for now and then, uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to add, uh, no, man. It's a it's an honor to be here, and I hope to uh, have many more. You know, and I, it'd be good to have maybe have you on as a guest on my show someday. Uh, sure, yeah. You know, it's good to cross pollinate with people that understand. You know what's going yeah, on. yeah. It feels really cool to have have these conversations. You know. I you agree. know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know? Yeah, right. And you don't have to get hung up on who's going to build the roads, man. <laughs> oh, that one again, you know. Why don't you move to Somalia? Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, it's been a real you. pleasure, brother. Appreciate it. Great. All right, Sean. Thank you so much. Well, man. you have a great night, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll connect again real soon. You as well, brother. Thank you All again, right, man. man. Have a good one. Later on.